I want to go ahead and make sure we get the entirety of this message completed today, and I know you do as well. Amen? And so we want to believe God. How many understand that Mary sat before Jesus and Jesus said that she had chosen the best part? So I'm going to ask that you choose the best part and sit before the Word of God today, not because it's me, but because it's Him, because we want to be about what the Spirit says to the church. Praise the Lord. And because we have so many visitors among us and those that are newcomers, we understand that you didn't know that we were crazy, so I'm going to help you in that, all right? Is that we actually do talk in this particular church, and it's not sanctimonious that you speak. Are you with me? So right now, say praise the Lord. Amen. All right. God's Spirit-filled treasure chest. Say that with me. God's Spirit-filled treasure chest. BCC of Ames, Iowa. This is found or extracted from the series scripture, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. The eyes of your heart would have enough light to see the hope of God to your purpose. To your what? Everybody under the age of 25 say, your purpose. And which He has called you. Beautiful that the music ministry would allow these songs to, collect, to synchronize in the realm of the Spirit by which we would understand we are working together. It says that He has called you. And what are the riches, or that is the treasure, that is the what? Of God's glorious inheritance is in the believer. And I want to share with you, yes, this looks like it's going to be the, the message that we preached last week, and it in essence is. Uh, one of our MLT told us that it might not have been recorded. I don't know. I haven't verified that with Brother Peter yet. But as it were, there will be a few things I'll go through, but I want to get to the, mes- to the message part that I did not get to on last week. Are you with me? So then it says that I get the opportunity to be God's servant shepherd and one of BCC's treasure hunters. <laughs> I mean, I'm just a treasure hunter. Are you with me? Don't call me a pirate. I'm not a pirate, all right? I'm a treasure hunter. Are you with me? And, and, and therefore, how many understand when you're talking about treasures, treasures typically are something that you have to find. Treasures are something that you have to discover. And treasures are something that you have to sometimes recognize that it might be buried in dirt. I believe these next three declarations is the things that you want to record. You want to take your smartphone out, get a picture of it, because I believe, even as really Minister Amanda, amen, was so vibrantly out of the overflow of her cup, was sharing vehemently with us is how we see ourselves. Are you with me? And therefore, please understand that these declarations are literally life-giving in every situation. So if you would, would you say them out loud with me? Say them with some spunk. Ready? Say go. I am a treasure. What are you? I am valuable. What are you? I am I am rich. Are you with me? Second one. Purpose and declaration number two. Read it out loud. Ready, set, go. When people come to Christ and to church as a chest, we come with issues, concerns, or rather simply as treasures unrefined. Simply as what? Treasures unrefined. When we come, please hear me, when we come, we come as treasures. That doesn't change who we are or what we are. But sometimes we come and we are unrefined. 
Declaration number three. Treasures do come as the church. Meaning, we as the people of God, we're treasures, and we come as the church. We don't come to a church. We come as the church. To BCC Chess. That happened to be where we come to. To the BCC Chess, where everyone one is in the process of being excavated and refined. That is to say, being made. By being blessed and being a blessing to other people in loving acceptance and serving one another. Praise God. Can I get you to read that? Ready, set, go. Treasures do come as the church to BCC Chess, where everyone one is in the process of being excavated and refined or made by being blessed and being a blessing to other people in loving acceptance and serving one another. Praise God. I think that's such a, such a hallmark message and statement. It's a great blessing and a declaration because of this. If it is within our mentality or our intentionality to come and only be served, you are withholding God's treasure from people. Hallelujah. I think we should say it again. Say, I'm a treasure. Say, I am valuable. Say, I am rich. If you think that you only come to receive, to get, and what they can do for me, I want everybody to understand this is not forward. It's not what we can do for you lately. Right? We are in the process of being blessed and being a blessing in loving acceptance and serving one another. So, therefore, let's look at these texts. Jeremiah 18, 1 to 6. We'll read it somewhat swiftly. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my what? Then I went down to the potter's house, and there he was, making something at the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was what? Marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to make. For the potter to what? Make. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Can I not, O house of Israel, deal with you as this potter does, declares the Lord? Behold, like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. Psalm 139, verses 13 to 14 says, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's room. We should probably should pause right there in the middle right there and say, I'm going to say, and God don't make junk. It wasn't grammatically necessarily correct. Syntax might have been off a little bit, but you got the message. I praise you for I am fearfully, for I am. Notice what the psalmist is saying. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Sounds like the psalmist had to say it to himself says, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. And then Psalms 100, verse 3. I love this verse. It has so much in it. So packed it into one little verse. Would you read it out loud with me? Ready, set, read. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. 
We are His people and the sheep of His of His pasture. How many understand? We didn't make ourselves. So guess what? Since we didn't make ourselves, that means you didn't make yourself bad. Some of y'all want us to do the benediction right there. Amen. So, the common concept and the threaded theme is simply this, made. Good to have you in the house, Chris, right? Made. Everybody say made. All right. So, y'all remember this? This is fun. Wait on it. It's fun. Wow. Isn't that pretty? What we are here to do in today's title is called Handmade, Homemade Treasures. Handmade, homemade treasures. Everybody, ready, set, say it. Handmade, homemade treasures. BCC, the body of Christ Church. We believe here, it just says it on the next one here, right? The natural experience and the spiritual concept comes from this. We were at, uh, my family was at uh, Killing Time, and I won't go over all of that, but we were there and at this pottery place where you make things, you paint things. Um, all of the products are done, but all you do is you hand make them in, in the sense of paint them and decorate them and put your colors together and all that. And that's kind of an example of what you can do when you're there. But while I was there, the word of the Lord came to me just like he did Jeremiah. And I believe the word of the Lord came that caused me to realize something there because I had this question. And this question dealt with this. Those plates that are undone, that are unfired and everything like that, they cost a grip of money. And yes, I was calculating how much I was spending at the time. Are you with me? And as a result, I began to, it dawned on me, why would somebody come here and pay $25 for this plate? Obviously, you all weren't there. I was. That's okay. So I began to ask this question, you know, and you understand, we had like our whole family there. So it was like ching, 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 right? And we would start breaking it down like, no, honey, why don't you just get an ashtray? None of us smoke, right? No, just get an ashtray. You, you know, just, just, <laughs> right, just get, yeah, put some change in it, right? So, you know, but get a little tea mug, you know, something. Can, can, we, can we slim it down? Are you with me? But I began to ask this question, why? And I realized it's because they were hand-painted. Say hand-painted personalized crafts of many sorts. Some of them that the actual people that work there and have made this particular location had some beautiful things that was there. And I began to ask the questions, why not just go and buy these plates at Target? Why not just buy a bunch of these plates at Ikea? Because this, you know, I mean, you get a, you can get like a place setting of four people at Ikea for like $26.89 on sale. Have you, have you noticed that we've been there? And that's when it dawned on me that we, BCC, is more individual, handmade vessels. We are homemade, crafted by personal, spirit-filled ministry. When we talk about some of our lives, I'll get to those later. When we talk about some of our lives, we have been handmade. Are you with me? Let's just talk about Peter, for instance. I own Peter, our ministry of music, right? Here it was. Now, I saw some of you all, right? And I just like to play around with y'all sometimes. But, you know, we've got some American of African descent that visit our service, right? And they come in, they sit down, right? But they look up here at Peter, and they, they can see Austin over there, but they see Peter over here. Are you with me? And you've got to wonder, how is he like, doing like this and stuff? Like, why is he, you know, like getting the... Are you with me, right? 
understand? That didn't start like that. <laughs> come on now. Come on, come on. Here he is. You know what I'm saying. Just out the door. All right, come on, y'all. Come on. Bring it. Not yet. Peter didn't start off like that. How do you understand that? Right? That's handmade. That was homemade. At BCC. Now you understand what I'm saying, right? <laughs> so, versus the mass-producing shiny vessels, or like the shiny plates, that are desirable and popular by most, right? So therefore, the contrast is things that are handmade versus things that are mass-produced made. Make sure you hear me. I'll go to the next screen. It makes sense. Like in Cornerstone of Ames. Love them. Wonderful. I'm going to use one of the pastors in this message a little later from now. Wonderful. I love Cornerstone. They're great. I love these three. Love Dr. Stab. He was one of the men of God that brought me in when I first started pastoring, was, you know, put his message and blessing upon it. So you have to understand, we're not talking about being better than somebody. How do you understand we are all in God's kingdom? Right? Who can beat uh, food on first over at the first Methodist church? Who can beat, who can beat that? Can't nobody beat that. Why are we going to start a food shelter? We should send people over there to help them do what they do. Here's a better message. Because in the kingdom and in a congregation or a city, we're not here to compete. We're here to complete. Right? We're here to complete one another. Can I go further? Therefore, we're not in here to compete with one another. We're here to complete one another. Is everybody with me? Praise God. We've got some people here that can sing. We're here that you could come and be a blessing. Look at this. We admit and acknowledge our full support and blessing and also our core purposes, values, roles, and discoveries. In other words, we came to understand, well, who are we? It's not about can we be like them. It's about can we be who God called us to be. Proverbs 15a says this, In the house of the righteous there is much what? There is much what? So let us discover together where in the context of Scripture is this theme replicated of how God made us valuable and rich. Is this just a good concept, or is this from the Scriptures? Ephesians chapter 1, I get to do it today, I like this. Ephesians chapter 1, starting at verse 12, and we're going to go all the way. Come on, don't get bored on the Word. The Word is life, it's power. We're going to go all the way to chapter 2, verse 10. I want you to see this. Look at this. So that we, matter of fact, if it's underlined, I'll drop out, you read the words. If it's underlined, I'll drop out, you read the words. So that we, who were the first to might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the, the, and, how many understand we believe in him? We're established, we read that, right? We know that in the Hebrew writing, Genesis chapter 15, verse 6, when God, when Abram believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness, the actual Hebrew word there, Definition means to be established, right? So therefore, we believe or we are established in Him. We believe in Him. We're sealed with the promise of the, of the Holy Spirit. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it? To the, we have the Holy Ghost until He comes against us. To the praise of His glory. For this reason, because I have heard of your and your You've got to catch how that's laced in there in the Scripture because that's what we said in one of the declarations. 
one of the decorations is all about us loving Jesus and all about learning how to love one another. Isn't that a good word? So therefore, verse 16, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, read, I mean, understand, that's what makes the difference, even as we sit in service today or even as you're reading the Word of God. The difference is, they're just words on a page until God breathes on it and causes you to have life and revelation in it. In other words, when God teaches, preaches, or you're reading the Word of God, you're hearing the Word of God, I'm going to say, it can come and fall off of you, or it can come, absorb, go down deep into your heart, deep into your soul, reach your spirit, and life comes forward. That's revelation knowledge, where you didn't see it anymore. Uh, uh, maybe a more modern vernacular word would be epiphany. You had an epiphany. God wants to give you a revelation and a knowledge pertaining to Jesus. So all that we do, all these little creative things about treasures and cookies and all that, is so that we get a revelation of Jesus. So we get a revelation of who? Amen. Therefore, verse 18 says, ready, set, read. Read the whole thing. Ready, set, read. The eyes of your hearts would be enlightened have enough light to see the hope of God to your purpose and which he has called you. And what are the riches or treasure of God's glorious inheritance is in the believers. And everybody said, praise God. Thank you. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power? That's the Holy Spirit. Toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ, raised him by the Holy Spirit, when he raised him from the dead, he raised Jesus from the dead by the Holy Spirit and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Everybody still with me? So good to have you, Mike and Sarah. Listen, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave what? Who is that speaking about? Who is that speaking about? Jesus is the head over the entire church, which is his body. Which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Going into chapter 2, starting with verse 1. And you were what? Turn to your neighbor and say, we were dead. I don't know if y'all see this. We were what? <laughs> In the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air. That's the devil. The prince of the power of the air. That's the, you know, I'm getting an opportunity to be around with many, many different believers and, and uh, some of our alumni and different things like that. And they say, because they're in other cities and stuff like that, church hopping sometimes because they haven't found, you know, a, a Bible-believing church, they said there are people that are preaching now and things that are in churches. may not be here, but people are preaching now that the devil doesn't even exist. The devil is a liar. <laughs> isn't, that a, isn't that a great deception? I don't exist. <laughs> My God. How many understand in verse 2 it says, The prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we, I'm sorry, y'all fill in the blanks, among whom what? In the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. 
That's not us. Verse 4. But, God who is rich in mercy, there is nothing you can do more powerful than the mercy He has for you. There is no theft you can make. There is no divorce you can have. There is no embezzlement you can do. There is no incorrect treating of your child you can do and say and be. There is nothing that somebody did against you that God does not have mercy bigger. Your greatest failure is minuscule to God's mercy and grace. Or are there natural consequences? Don't confuse it. There are natural consequences, but greater is His mercy and grace. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, when we were dead in our what? We were made alive together with Christ. How? By grace. You have been what? By what? You have been? How many understand there are people in here? I just think you ought to give God a plug. I think there's people in here that you know you don't deserve to be where you are, but it's been by His grace that you made it to where you are, and if it had not been for the grace of God, you would not be in a good place of where you are. <laughs> and raised us up with Him, and seated us with Him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. So that in the coming ages he might show uh -oh. okay. his immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, everybody read verse 8 out loud, ready, said, read. For by grace you have been through, amen, and this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God. It is a gift of God. Not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. Real quickly, let me jump right in here real quick, real quick. Do you realize that even at Christmas, that little mythical, jolly red suit guy, right? Even he wants to check your list to see if you've been... Y'all didn't get that. Even that's based on works. And y'all love Santa Claus. <laughs> I mean, some of y'all wake up in the morning. I know I did. <laughs> I want to see. I never gave a second thought on all the stuff I just did that year. Are you with me? Let me tell you why. Because I learned that it wasn't Santa Claus. It was my mom and them. And I knew something was going to be there. Come understand the gift of salvation is here. And it's going to be here for you. It has nothing to do with you being naughty or nice. I don't know why y'all so quiet. Y'all scared this morning. That's all right. For verse 10 says this. For we are his. We are his what? Which means what? In the New Living Translation, it says masterpiece. We are his what? 
created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So we talked about workmanship. All other translations, I thought it was real interesting, none of them took a chance on taking that word out. Most all English translations of the Bible, of the Greek, put in workmanship. And therefore, we wanted to understand what it says. The message says it this way, though. Did I go past? Oh. It says, no, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both the what? Making and the? He creates each of us by who? The Greek word for the word workmanship means to abide, appointed, bear, produce. It means to commit. It means commission. And ultimately, the word means to what? It ultimately means to what? So when you take Ephesians chapter 1, I'm doing this because we have so many new people here today that were not here last week, and it's really good for the end of the message. When you look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, and it talks about us being riches, is where I get the word treasure from. When you talk about being riches, it's riches and, looking at chapter 2, verse 10, we are workmanship, our masterpieces. It means that we are what? It means that we are what? We are God's treasure. And therefore, ooh, I maybe hit that too many times. So God made me a masterpiece. Could you read that out loud? God made me a what? And I just believe that that's what we should do when we're masterpieces. How many understand we ought to rejoice? Somebody quoted it back to me this week. Somebody quoted it back to me this week like it was like the message I preached several weeks ago. How many understand? Philippians chapter 4 says rejoice and again I say what? Rejoice and again I say rejoice. So therefore... Say it out loud. I am a what? Say it again. I am a? Then I am? Praise God because I am God's what? Masterpiece. Amen. Look at this. Let's go forward. Sorry. And what kind of treasure? We are what? So to illustrate this, this is where we like ended that last week, is we talked about cookies. And I can't go over the whole message and no, there's nothing behind that today, so no yum yummies today. Amen? How many of y'all ate some of them cookies last week, though? Now, this is a true story. I shouldn't put it out there, but I'm going to just go ahead and tell you like that. So we had some extras, right? A couple of extras she gave us. We put them in the freezer. I told you we should have put the camera up, right? Luke comes home the other day, looks in the freezer and says, and then comes to him and to his father and mother. I'm not going to say he was being disrespectful, but he comes in and says, y'all just couldn't resist, huh? <laughs> Luke came up like that. You shouldn't be preaching about putting the camera up there unless you want me to put it up. <laughs> we had about six of them in there, right? We started with six, right? Man, I think there's like one or two of them right now, right? I told you, you got to eat one of those cookies one at a time. You can't just be going in there gobbling. So we're still on the search for the cookie monster in our house. We haven't figured it out. But if I didn't eat them, Sister Anna didn't eat them, Luke didn't eat them, just saying. <laughs> I'm just joking. She's going to get me for that. Amen. <laughs> Mass producing, right? Mass producing. Mass producing. We contrasted Oreos, right? And all of us said we like Oreos. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But let me understand that's compared in contrast to Mrs. Sweet Mother McCubbin's cookies that are unforgettable. So let's move on. Spiritual calling versus natural example. Here's the point. Consistent mass quantities and quality. 
Oreo, Nabisco, Keebler, they are kicking out consistent mass quantities and with quality, same quality. Oreo cookie will look the same. Are you with me? Versus individually made hands-on with homey feeling, with a homey feel, right? Hands-on versus a homey. We have a homey feel, right? You know, some people that come in and are not very touchy, they're like, man, do you understand? I ain't even seen it. They got five hugs. Welcome to BCC, right? Because we want that homey feel, that candlelight warmth feeling. Discovery. She said this last week. She, she wanted, she'd be preaching the message Miss McCoven did. And she said, she, don't forget to tell them, Pastor, that I make them so they will bless your socks off. Those are her words. That's not my words, right? Bless your socks off. And we remember she said she used gourmet ingredients, right? Here's another example she said. Here's another example she said. She says, when you drive up the driveway, me, we've done that, me and my wife's done this. We've driven up in their driveway, out on their farm, and you can smell the cookies outside. Y'all don't get this. That means the whole house had the effects of that being handmade. Right? Come in and say, it should be all of us. God's not looking to bless me and not bless Martha. God's not looking to bless Arthur without blessing Aaron and Chris. God's looking to bless everyone in the house ought to receive the residual of being handmade. Is everybody with me? You know one thing else she said? This is what she said. Not my words. This is what she said. She said, you know what? All those cookies, they're not the same because they're handmade. They're individual. They all have their own shape. Are you hearing me? What is that saying? What God has for the spice, God may have something different for the platter. God has something different because we're all uniquely made. Is everybody with me? Everybody following that? All right, let's go further. So what we're trying to get across is to be handmade, homemade treasures. we got a few minutes to go. Handmade, homemade treasures. Treasures require excavating and refining. Treasures require excavating and what? So here's these three things I want to share. Look at this. We must want and be willing to allow the Holy Spirit to do it. We have to be willing, wanting and willing, wanting and willing for the Holy Spirit to Take care of this excavating and this refining that God wants to do in our lives. And one of the ways we have to understand it is what is the process? Now, I'm breaking this down not as much as they really like the process really is, but check this out. I do know the very first step of it is this, drilling down deep. The first part is drilling. Notice there was no amen, right? Drilling down deep. But get this, it's the Holy Spirit that drills down deep. The Holy Spirit wants to drill down deep within you because there are treasures in us. You are a treasure and there's treasures in you and they're down deep and the Holy Spirit wants to move within you, digging deeply, unless it's revealed by the Holy Spirit. It's of the flesh. (laughs) The Holy Spirit wants to do this. This is not a doctrine. This is not my persuasion. God Himself, who... Is not, you know, Holy Spirit is not little G. 
is God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And He has full authority and power to do the same work of who you know Jesus to be and who you know the Father to be. He wants to live, move, and dwell within us and dig down deep and pull out the treasures that He's put in you. I didn't know this. Some of y'all might have heard this in some news or something. But there's in Arkansas, there's a diamond mine. And it's in the dirt. And they, a, a, a diamond form. I'm sorry. And what they do is they come and they rake over or something, take some machinery, and they rake over this field every day. And people come there pay to get in to search for diamonds. They dig and turn over the land every day so people can come in and search for diamonds. You see, here's the point. We all want to go for the diamonds. But before you ever get there, there has to be some turning over of the land. Is anybody with me? And the thing is that they say, like, you know, on a continual basis, a person found a diamond and it's in a raw state, but it's like $34,000 for you getting some buckets and pails and going through the dirt. But it takes work. Mm. Got the non-working section church. You don't do the work. The Holy Spirit does the work. All we have to do is be wanting and willing. Everybody with me. So therefore, we can discover what? So we can discover what? So, check this out. We, 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 we teach them. Process of excavating and being refined. Proverbs 17, 3 says this. The crucible is for silver, and the furnace is for gold, and the Lord tests the heart. Notice no comparison, right? You see, after the intense parts of drilling, get this, the refining process is hot. Here's one of the things you can go check out and study. And they don't melt the gold or the metal down once. They do it at least twice. Melt it into a liquid. So even when some of us say, I haven't been through enough, when you want to come forth as a treasure, you may have to go through another thing. Because it's that refining process that brings us forth as the purity of what God created us to be. Look at this. This is a different proverb. Look at this. 27, 21. You like this one. The crucible is for silver and the furnace is for gold. And a man is tested by his what? A man is tested by his what? Look at this. There's two different meanings here. The first one is this. Man is measured by what he is praised for. In other words, you know, I saw a, I can't think of who it was. I saw a young man the other day. Oh, a co-worker of mine. One of my co-workers walked past me and he flashed me a smile. Now I've been working with him for a couple of years now. And he flashed me a smile like this. Right? And I looked at him and I said, that dude has a pretty smile. Now, please, don't play me. <laughs> Don't even play. I'm showing, I'm showing you how to be comfortable in who you are. Some of us are so scared of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Whatever. I looked at him. I said, man, that dude has a nice looking smile. I didn't tell him yet. But I'm going to tell him this week because I want to be a blessing. I want to be a blessing to the man of God. 
right? Matter of fact, I did say something to me for now. I said, matter of God, I said, enjoy your baby as well as your wife. I said that before he left, right? Right there, I said that, right? I understand we got to be a blessing wherever we are. Are you with me? I didn't reserve that for the Johnsons when they got here. Y'all have a blessing and enjoy it? No. You got to be a blessing wherever you are. Guess why? Y'all don't get this. I'm a treasure wherever I am. Good word. Look at this. The other one is this, though. You don't want to miss this. Jaden White, you don't want to miss this. Look at this. But a person is tested by his reaction to praise. That's good stuff. What do you like when your head has the temptation of needing a different hat size? I'm just saying it's a temptation. Right? Because what you're really like, what you're really like is when people, everybody thinks well of you. Man, that's good preaching. Let's keep going. People are treasures of testimonies. You don't want to miss this quite. Children, be as quiet as you can. People are treasures of testimonies. Come on, this is getting into a really, really good spot here. People are treasures of testimonies in truth. You see, a builder or a core community member said this. There is nothing or no one to invest into you as an adult like church. When you get older, all of the little prayers and all the little encouragement you got when you was a child, I mean, to say, all you had to do was get up, you know, buck teeth, you have teeth missing, hair not combed, you could be in a pamper. Oh, look at baby. Hey, come on, honey. Come on over. Honey, when you get to be 19, 20, 21, 25, nobody talk about you look nice. Right? You know what? I love children. Hear what I'm about to say. I try to break some of the ice with some of y'all because I understand what my breath is like. I'm telling you, I try to break the ice, right? Literally, melt the ice. You see, I understand that. <laughs> see, I got two tears in. All right. Here. But you know what? I was with a baby the other day. You know what they said? You need to brush your teeth. <laughs> Why am I telling you that? This is very important. Because children are truthful. I can be around all y'all. None of y'all pull out gum for me, some mint, something. You can do something. But y'all just be stepping back like. And get this. Y'all love me. Can you imagine if you don't like the person? Hey, Pastor, how you doing, Pastor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you like me and you can't help me out, what about people that may not have a great interest in you? You know what? We want to bless you. We want you to be homemade, handmade. We want to be honest with you. We want to be upfront with you. Don't be mad at me when we tell you truth that may speak towards things that God wants to refine in your life. Somebody say amen. So check this out. Brian Zahn. That BZ stands for Brian Zahn, phenomenal man of God. But look at this. Oh, man, let me get the first part. And the church is people. The church is what? People are treasures. People are what? And treasures of testimonies. Testimonies and truth refine everyone one. Stay with me. BZ, Brian Zahn said this. I think this is one of the most profound prophetic statements ever, especially in the context. 
An enemy is often when you do not know their story. When we stay away from each other, when we try to avoid one another, when we look at people and size them up and we think we understand what they're about, or we hear a little bit about them and we try to go the other way, an enemy or somebody we do not like or we have not invited in our circle is someone you just don't know their story. You see someone and you think, oh man, they got it going on, you know, they really, they know the Bible and they're so smart, they got so many degrees, and you just don't know what made them. Can I, is it, can I get somebody to say hallelujah? Turn to your neighbor and say, that could be me. I think it could. You know what? I'm going to use some examples. Please stay with me because I want to make it so real. Say made. Look at this. Everyone wants, read the top part with me and then I'll go through these people. Read this tower. Everybody ready to read. Everyone one has a story, testimony, and discovery as a treasure. A what? Discovery as a what? You have to be discovered. Takes drilling. Takes crucible. It takes going through some hot situations. What made them? When you think about Pastor Ransom, my spiritual father, we look at him, and if he was to come in here right now, guaranteed everybody would say, man, he's a phenomenal man of God, wonderful, powerful, he preaches. You're going to think, wow, this is, this is what it was designed to be like. Man, I want to, that's a man. See, the truth of the matter is, you don't understand everything he went through. You don't know what it was like when he was literally in the midst of sin, at the highest level. And we still see that, and we look at it, and we think we want to be that. I'm going to tell you why, because I did that. When I came here as a freshman, he was already a senior maybe or something like that, and he played for the football team. He was a, a frat on campus, and he was the epitome of that particular fraternity. He was the epitome. And when you think of what that fraternity was like, that's what he looked like. And I saw him once, and they doing their little thing, and they little stuff, and I thought to myself, man, I'm just, man, I want to be like that. that that's, that's it right there. But little did we understand, right after that, God got a hold of his heart. God got a hold of his heart in such a phenomenal, in such a nice, massive way that he stood up in the middle of the church service and asked, what must I do to be saved? <laughs> what I'm telling you is that he had the person pregnant, another wonderful woman of God, who was my spiritual mother. They were pregnant in school, or, or he had graduated. She was still in school. She was one year ahead of me. Wonderful woman of God. Wonderful woman of God. Smart out to boot. She was in engineering. And I'm telling you, she was pregnant. They were in all of that. She comes from a church background. It was nothing but that. But when you get right with God, but when you what? Got saved on that Sunday. On Monday was at the licenses and ready to get a marriage certificate. Three days later, got married, moved them in, and started taking care of them. They've been married every step, leading a wonderful church for God. Why? Because you don't understand how it was made. When you think of Pastor Nesbitt, no, 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 no. Not Troy. Oh, yeah, y'all think, oh, yeah, Troy. No. Tom. <laughs> Who Troy came from. We think, man, he can really counsel. He can really help marriages. He can really bless marriages. And, man, he preaches and goes down. He's still preaching in his older age and, and can cause people to be saved and get them to be baptized. That's wonderful. But when you sit in front of him and you start crying because he talks about how his father was an alcoholic and beat him, or when he was a father alcoholic, he said when he was a child, I don't want to be like that. 
So he became the opposite of it. But here's the testimony. You see, even though you try to become something that you don't want to be, you say, I'm going to go the other way. You see, you're still attached to it. And then God freed him because I don't want to be something that I'm not supposed to be. I want to be what God created me to be. So here it is. You say, you know what? I don't want to be like my family. I don't want to act like that. I want... And so now you're trying to become the difference of it, the opposite of it. That's still not what God designed for you to be. God is the one who made you. Somebody say amen. Sister Dr. Ron Kane, another first sister, one of the first sister doctors of our church. She came here and she was a goody two-shoes. I mean, I'm talking about goody two-shoes. Talk right, act right, didn't curse, just goody two-shoes. But she didn't know Jesus. Not only did she not know Jesus, she had decided in her childhood, I would never get married. Because I've never seen a marriage that worked. A marriage that worked. But she came here, here, she saw Dr. Ra- she saw Pastor Ransom, Sister Teresa, and, and, and said, you know what? I didn't know God could do that. And she looked at herself and she said, you know what? Me being good is nothing. Jesus is my Savior. And when she accepted him, she changed her major. She graduated in one thing, became a Christian psychologist, and she's still doing that today. Why? Because God made her. You didn't know her story. What about Brother Craig Gregory? And I'm using pillars of the church who got up here. Brother Craig Gregory, here he was, born, raised Catholic. Born, raised Catholic. Nothing wrong with Catholics. Born and raised Catholic. Wanted to be a, you know, a, they call him an usher boy, whatever it is. And he got here and discovered who Jesus Christ is. And when he discovered who Jesus Christ was, he got baptized, was saved. And you might have thought, man, he lives on the edge. You know, he jokes too much. He does what that. But still to this day, his, he just buried his father for dying a few uh, weeks ago. But in the testimony, he says his child loves Jesus and pulls out his scriptures and reads the word of God. His wife's still loving God. His daughter's still loving God. And they're looking at Jesus as being the one who made who they are. Why? Because here in this place, your treasure has homemade. So let's use people not even here. The reason I have difficulty when we make fun of other ministries, the reason I have difficulty, I can't talk. I know it's in the Bible, but I can't talk about other ministries. I can't do it. I can't do it. Unless God shows me how to do a different thing, I can't do it. But when you talk about a Kenneth Hagin Sr., for instance, and we talk about, oh, you know, that wasn't doctrinal and that's not right, and, oh, he took it too far. You know what? I don't know anything about that. But when I understand when he was a little boy and they gave him a death sentence and said he was supposed to die as a child and he was on his bed and he didn't have energy to get out of it and all he had was the Word of God and he read the Word of God and he found in the place where it says have faith in God and whatever you speak, it will come to pass and he began to believe it he began to begin to apply it to his life and he got healed and lived into a nice old age. I mean, you can talk about it. But you wasn't there when he was on the deathbed. You weren't there when the doctors talked about him and said he wouldn't be clear. I don't know about you, but I want to be God-made, not man-made. When you look at Greg Rochelle, many of y'all know who he is of Life Church. And you say, man, they got this big ministry. They do all this great things on TV and all this type of stuff. But you have to understand the story. On your Bible app or your smartphone, the most used, I think it's the most used Bible um, what's called Word Life or something like that, that Bible. Do you know why they've given out millions and millions of free apps of the Bible? Because the way he got saved 
was on a campus of a university. He walked to class, and Gideon's was on the corner. And they gave him a Gideon's Bible. And he took that free Bible and read it, and he found in the place where it says, that man shall live by faith. You see, it was because somebody gave him a free Bible that he now made it his mission to give out as much Bible as he can relevant to his era and his generation. Why? Because we are man-made. We're not man-made. We're God-made. Somebody say amen. We talk about Joyce Myers. We can say, oh, man, look, at she's all over the world. Oh, man, I just love to listen to Joyce Myers. Raped by her father through most of all of her teenage, all of her, all of her young life and teenage life. You say, why does she have the power of God to reveal? Yes, it's all of God, but something, you understand, but when you have been through the crucible of life, you become forth as pure gold. And when you come forth as pure gold, you want to do everything you can to get other people to come forth as pure gold. Christine Kane, probably the number one woman of God that speaks in the world today. So much so, you say, well, man, why is she so powerful? Why does she know so many scriptures? You can even ask the question, why is she doing 821? I believe the word of the Lord spoke to me and had me understand it's something I didn't ever connect before. Number one, when you understand her testimony, Christine Kane, when you understand her testimony, you have to understand this. She likewise was raped as a child for 13 years of her life. For 13 years of her life, she was raped like that. And then, when she was saved, she was living for Christ in a powerful church. Here she was, a youth minister. But at the age of 32, she found out that she was adopted. And even the very parents that she had did not know that she was adopted into the family. When they went back and do the research on her life, you have to understand this thing. They did not even have a name for her on her birth certificate. She was a number. And that's something that can shatter your life of your identity when you think when you were born you didn't even give a name. My God, but that God took that mess and turned it all around. He made her, homemade her, and made her into one of the greatest preachers of the day. Why? Because our test becomes his testimony. What we go through, God uses for his glory and for the kingdom. Why? We are a she was a treasure, though she didn't have a name. He knew what he made her to become before she was even adopted. Because what God makes you, he doesn't take it back. He made you to be a value. He made you to be rich. He made you to be a treasure. Sitting right here in our own house, I won't give you all of the testimony, but you flock to Elder Mother Thompson, and you know they're going to bless you with words, with hugs, can cook and bake themselves and bless you with nothing but words, you'd have to wonder if she got a computer on the inside of her. But I dare you to have her sit down with you and tell her a testimony. Yes, her children know. Maybe some of you all know. But I dare you to sit down and let her tell you the testimony. Because you know what? We don't just walk in here as righteous. We come in here as unrefined treasure. Stand to your feet. Don't play louder. Just stand to your feet. You may see your name up there. You have no idea what the linings are going through right now. You have no idea who the half pops are. All you see is a, a dance, a smile, a, a prayer, and, and they talk funny like they know God personally and all that. 
But I dare you to sit down with the half pops and ask them. Somebody say amen. Say I am a treasure. Say I am valuable. Say I am rich. So I asked Sister Anna. I said, honey, next week I'm going to tell a little bit of your testimony. She said, which part? I mean, understand because there's more than one. You sit in here and you wonder, well, why is Pastor Rand and Sister Anna the way they are? <laughs> Sister Anna herself has been in institutions through drug addiction and was saved out of it by a mighty God. You want to know why they're so quick of worship? Why there's so much wanting the things of God and wanting to see the things of God and seeing hurting people and want to lift them up? Because one day we were once hurting. Oh, Pastor Turner, you do this, dog, you do that. But nobody was with me in Des Moines when I had $6.94 in my, in my pocket. I had to choose between catching a bus ride back to Ames or eating. So I didn't eat that night. As the rain comes falling down, while I've got holes in my shoes and my socks are wet, you weren't there. <laughs> you want to know why I'm still working at FedEx? Because I'm thankful to God I got it. I'm thankful to God what we do I do. I don't do things for money, but I thank God that I am handmade, homemade, and DCC, and I'm a treasure back then, right now, and forevermore. Four things for your treasure hunt. Come respond to Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, your on-site excavator to dig and drill down deep to extract treasure, deposit it within you. Number two, form further and flourish your faith in Christ in the crucible of crisis. In the crucible of crisis. Number three, glorify the God of all grace when praised by people. And let what they say value you genuinely. Number four, abide in God. Appointed, committed, and commissioned to produce treasure. All heads bowed. Father, we thank you that, God, it is you that have made us and not we ourselves. Father, we thank you that there is no one else that can stand in your presence except we be recipients of your mercy and your grace. Father, I ask in Jesus' name that the Holy Spirit would begin to speak to the treasures in this room right now. For the ones that are hurting or may not know who they are, for the ones that are looking at their wrongs more than they're looking at your rights. For the ones that think that they've messed up so bad that your cross stops our bad and we continue into what is right. We ask Jesus that you're in this place. Bring us forward as pure gold. Amen.